Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. So today we're talking about the news and how consuming less news will make you happier. And I say this as a veteran reporter who worked for the Associated Press for more than a dozen years and newspapers for years before that. I have made my career in news and I have learned that consuming less of it makes you happier. It's true for me and I think it's true for everyone. The news is really fraught with mostly bad news, right? Like it's, there's a saying that nobody reports on the plane that lands safely. So the news is mostly bad news, and we're going to talk about what bad news, constant exposure to bad news, does to our brains and why. The reason I'm doing this episode is because this week is the midterm elections in the United States, and this country, our country, is so deeply divided politically that not only is there going to be nonstop news about the election, but it's like guaranteed to make everybody upset because no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you're bound to hear news that is upsetting. So I wanted to talk about the news and what the news does to our mood and why. But I want to start with a little story. So on September 11th, 2001, I woke up on a beautiful, sunny Southern California morning where I live in Los Angeles. September is like our hottest month. And it, this was a gorgeous day, like a bluebird day, not a cloud in the sky. And this is before smartphones. So I just got up and I saw the beautiful weather and I decided to go for a jog before work. Like I was going to be motivated. So I went out for a run down by the beach and I saw dolphins in the water. It was just, I can't tell you, like a, like a idyllic, picture-perfect Southern California day at the beach. And I just felt so good. I was so proud of myself for getting in my exercise before my workday. And I got back to the pad and I was just like feeling really good. So now I was going to get ready for work. And I came in and I turned on the radio. And at that time, I used to listen to Howard Stern in the mornings while I was getting ready. And I turned on the radio and Howard Stern was reporting live, which was weird because since I live on the West Coast and he records his show on the East Coast, I would almost always, I mean, basically always hear a repeat. I would hear the rerun of the show that they would run for the West Coast audiences, but he was reporting live. And that's when I heard that planes had flown into the World Trade Center. That's when I found out what happened on 9-11 after this blissful jog, right? So... Once I saw that, I turned on the television and and I and I saw the devastating footage. I mean, there it was. Then I my mood obviously completely changed, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. For the next several months, all I did was watch the news. All I did was watch the news and like eat comfort food. I actually gained 20 pounds in the months that followed. I all I did was glue myself to the news to try and understand what was happening. I felt such deep empathy for the families who were looking for loved ones. They had these billboards they would put up or it would be like a bulletin board and people would post up photos of their of their missing people who had likely died in the World Trade Center. And the footage of the planes over and over again, you know, people jumped out of those buildings from like the 100th floor. 
it was awful. It was awful. And I was glued to it. It was awful what happened to our country, to so many families, thousands of families. It it was just absolutely devastating and continues to be. You know, everybody knows about 9-11. That's what happened to me that morning. I had gone for this jog, blissfully unaware, completely unaware. And by the time I had gone for the jog, it had already happened. Because again, this is West Coast. This is the morning on the West Coast. So news has the power to completely change the trajectory of our mood, right? I mean, that goes without saying. And for something like 9-11, it absolutely should. It absolutely should. But we also consume news, bad news, when we're in a good mood or in just a neutral mood. And news that's way less than the scale of 9-11. Just ordinary bad news, like, you know, a shooting in some neighborhood or, you know, dog mauling or some kind of, you know, terrible car accident. And these tragedies that we hear about over and over and over again are not without consequence for our nervous system. We make sense of the world through our senses, through seeing, hearing, tasting, touching. And when we see tragic and terrible things and scary things happening all the time, our bodies become stressed out. I mean, it activates the stress response. And that stress response includes chemicals like the stress hormone cortisol and adrenaline because it prepares the body for fight or flight. And our bodies are always in the present moment, right? So even though what we're watching on the news may be happening in another state, city, another country, and it may be like yesterday's news, we feel our bodies, our nervous system feels like it's happening right now. So we feel the body perceives as though it is in danger, even though you are like safely on the couch at home. And so what that means is we are in this triggered, activated state when it's truly not necessary. I mean, if you're on the couch at home, you don't need to be prepared to fight an intruder. Um unless there's like an imminent intruder, right? But if there's an intruder in some other city and you're watching it on the news, you don't need to actually be prepared to confront that intruder in the moment. And yet that's the kind of response it creates for our bodies. And I talked in last week's episode about how that kind of chemical composition of our bodies, this adrenaline and cortisol, affects our thoughts. So we think more negatively when we are in this activated state, when our stress response is turned on, those chemicals that flow naturally in the stress response affect the kinds of thoughts that we are likely to produce. So when we're constantly exposed to bad news, it puts our body in a state to be activated, which is also chronic chronic stress like that is not good for you. Chronic stress like that is implicated in like every disease you don't want. Heart disease, arthritis, it, like it creates inflammation that is terrible for every for like our human well-being in every way, mentally and physically. But the interesting thing is that this is this can be triggered when nothing is going on but watching TV or reading the news. And the way we consume news has changed a lot just in my lifetime, in my career in news. I mean, smartphones, like the iPhone came out in 2007, and that made news from any source around the world accessible to us all the time, all the time. 
And that's, and we're not even talking here about social media. But also the way news is reported has changed. This idea of the 24-hour news cycle began with like cable news and CNN. But now, not only do we have a 24-hour news cycle, we have myriad outlets, countless news outlets, right? From legacy ones like the Associated Press and New York Times and BBC to specialized Hollywood ones, you know, like TMZ and Access Hollywood to far left outlets, far right outlets. I mean, there's just so many outlets and they're all on the 24-hour news cycle. And we can consume this news 24 hours a day because we have our little mini computers in our pockets. The way, the kinds of things that get reported have also changed because in this digital era, clicks equals money to the outlet, right? So whatever news outlet is getting all the clicks on its story, they're making money. Each click is worth like a fraction of a fraction of a cent. But when hundreds of thousands or millions of people are reading it, that brings money to that news outlet. And this has led to sensational reporting and also sometimes like really unnecessary reporting. So here's an example of that. Okay. I was working at the AP and I was covering entertainment. That was my job. I covered entertainment. And I remember one day the editor said, Hey, Sandy, um, something happened with Justin Bieber's Ferrari. Can you look into it? Like he crashed it in Beverly Hills or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm going to look into it. So I call Beverly Hills Police Department. This is what you would do to report the story. This is just standard procedure. I call and I speak to the um, watch commander, who's the one who's able to, you know, give you information, speak to the press. And I said, hey, I heard about this crash, blah, blah, blah. And the person says, yeah, um, that Ferrari was in a crash, but nothing happened. Like the car, it crashed into a Honda or whatever. The car was not damaged. The other car was not damaged. Nobody was injured. We didn't even take a police report. Like, you know, nothing happened. So I turned back to the editor. I said, well, yeah, you know, they confirmed that that there was an incident, but like nothing happened, no damage, no injuries. And I remember that the editor was like, okay, write it up. And I was like, well, write it up. I mean, nothing happened. Like, what's the headline? Nothing happened to Justin Bieber's Ferrari today. And And I did write it up and they did put it on the wire. And it's one of those, it's such a perfect illustration of the kinds of things that may quote unquote make news that is not really news. Like we could all live our lives perfectly fine without knowing that Justin Bieber crashed into a Honda and nothing happened to the Honda and nothing happened to his car and nothing happened to anybody and everybody's fine and went home. So the kinds of news that we get exposed to is not always the most useful or the most helpful or even the most relevant to our lives. And another thing is you are unlikely to miss big news. Like if something big happens, you, as long as you're like within connectivity, like unless you're, you know, if you're not backpacking somewhere in the remote mountains or something, if you are near anyone with a computer or a phone, you're not going to miss any big news. Like even it comes in on your email, right? Like when Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen announced their divorce, it was on the top of my Yahoo mail. I was not even trying to find that news. And again, that's actually news I could completely live without. No offense to either of them. And I'm sorry their marriage ended and everything. But like, I don't need that news to interrupt my day. That news isn't going to affect anything that I do. And that's just news. So you won't you won't miss news. Um, even if you take a break or curtail your consumption of news, I assure you, you will still hear about all the big things that that you need to hear about. 
So what I am suggesting here is to create some limits around your consumption of news if you are seeking greater inner peace. That's pretty much it. If you are seeking greater inner peace, set some limits around your consumption and news. And that can look however it looks for you. I mean, that's going to be different for everyone. Maybe it means that you don't look at any news until after you've, you know, had your coffee and taken the kids to school. Maybe it means you set certain times a day that you're going to look at the news. Maybe it means you just watch one half hour newscast in the evening and that's your total consumption of news. Again, you're going to consume news without intending to because if you go on social, if you check your email, you know, your homepage, you're going to see news. But I'm talking about intentionally sitting down to consume it. And for me, I still need to read the news for my job. I'm, you know, I'm still a journalist and um, not working in a breaking news environment, but I still need to see what's going on, particularly in health news. So I read the newspaper every morning, Monday to Friday. I don't read any news on the weekends at all. I don't even log into New York Times or LA Times on the weekends at all because I take a break from the news. If there was a terrible shooting, I'm recording this on Sunday. If there was a terrible shooting today, I would not hear about it till tomorrow. And like, I think that's okay. I don't think that makes me an ignorant person. And, and I don't think it would make you an ignorant person either. If there was a shooting in my neighborhood, I'm sure I would hear about it sooner because I would get an alert somewhere on my phone. Oh, that's another way you can set limits to your news is turn off alerts. I mean, when I worked for AP, I got alerts in my phone all the time for all types of news. And I have, I have turned those off. I do think that there's times when we want to be intentional about our news consumption on purpose. So for instance, for this midterm election, I read a lot of news. I really prepared myself to do my ballot. I did my ballot by mail and I wanted to read about a lot of people. I wanted to read about the judges. I wanted to read about the propositions. I wanted to look at different outlets take on, you know, the things that are at stake here in California. So I don't tout ignorance at all. I think that it's, it's it's essential to be informed. It's essential to our democracy. It's equally essential to notice where your news is coming from. Is this a biased outlet? Is this a legacy outlet? Like what? who is reporting this and how did they know it? When we were at working at AP, they used to always tell us, ask people, if someone calls you and gives you a tip, ask them how they know. Because maybe they just heard it on someone else's, you know, like on someone else's social media. And that doesn't mean it's true. So in the interest of greater inner peace, especially at this time with the election, when there's still a lot of bad news in the world, I mean, I guess there kind of always is bad news in the world, but there's so much good in the world. And we can take care of ourselves by not overexposing ourselves to the stressful, damaging endless stream of information that's available to us. We can be conscious consumers and intentionally choose what to pay attention to when it comes to the news and not just what to pay attention to. I mean, we should, we should, if we're going to consume news, we should consume balanced news, right? Like don't just look at all one side or all the other, but I mean, also don't just look at the news all the time to turn off the news and be the gatekeeper of your mind and of your well-being. And here's another example. This one just came to me. So the other day I was going to go jogging in the evening and it was kind of starting to get dark. And I usually go in the morning, so I I wouldn't normally go at night. But I wanted to get out there, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go. And I remember I said to my husband, okay, I'm going to go for a jog. And, you know, I don't think it's too dark, and our neighborhood's, like, really safe. And he goes, well, don't get stabbed by a homeless person. I said, what? He's like, oh, you haven't seen in the news? Like, all these, 
there's been like a number of attacks on innocent citizens, like by homeless people. Um, so just like be careful. And I mean, I understand he was concerned and he was saying this out of concern, but also I kind of didn't really need to know that at that moment because now I was like a little more scared than I was going to be. I already wasn't going to run with headphones because it was getting dark. So I was going to run without it and I could be attentive to my surroundings. But I hadn't read that news and I was like quite fine without knowing that news. So I don't know. This could be controversial position to have. And again, I don't support ignorance. I think we should be informed. I think we can be informed and still have limits on how we consume news. And the reason to set those limits, in my view, is to protect our mental state, to not make ourselves unnecessarily stressed and afraid, and to be judicious about the kind of information we consume and when we consume it and to be aware of what consuming that news or media of any kind is doing to our our mind and our mood. So that's my little diatribe on news. Um, you know, there's going to be a ton of it with the election and hopefully we can, you know, set some balance for ourselves and um, and protect ourselves from cortisol and adrenaline unnecessarily. So our affirmation for this week is, I am the gatekeeper of my mind and I'm selective about what I consume. I'm the gatekeeper of my mind and I'm selective about what I consume. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you think that the news and over-consuming news has an effect on you? I would love to hear from you. Please drop me an email Interpiece to go at gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram. I'm at you know Sandy. And yeah, I'd love to have this conversation because this I went from consuming news constantly to really limiting it. And it I swear it's made me happier. So I hope you're doing great. I wish you a very peaceful week. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide, packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.